Yeah, yeah. Um, can I cuss on here? Fuck yeah. <laughs> Have we not been cussing, Miley? We've been doing oh, a terrible job. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cuss all you want. Hey there. Welcome to another episode of The Main Dish Podcast. My name is Miley. I'm Mandy. We're so happy that you're with us this week. Uh, what's new and good, Mandy? Uh, you know, I don't have a lot of new and good this week. I didn't, I've had a weird week and I haven't had a lot of time to prepare anything on the new and good. It's been a weird, a weird week and I haven't decided, um, I'm probably not ready to talk about it yet. So maybe like, maybe in the next intro, I might mention some things, but, um, I'll, you know. I shared some things on our social media recently, some tools and resources, and I'll probably continue to do some things like that with mental health and addiction issues in mind. So that's really about it for me. I don't have I don't have a lot of good and new. Well, that's okay. I'm so sorry. I have nothing to Please contribute don't be sorry. here. No, you contributed the you know you shared and you were vulnerable and. Um... That's a really good message, and thank you for sharing. Of course, yeah. Thanks for don't asking. Ever be sorry, I yeah. you know I don't apologize for things that I don't think I really need to. I'm just a listener. If you were looking for antics from me today, as per the usual, I just don't have any. I uh, yeah, I I haven't had any room for them in the last couple of days. I did hear some bad dad jokes recently. Oh yeah, you want to tell me one? Or tell our listeners. <laughs> it's so bad that I like, I didn't even realize it was the beginnings of a dad joke when I heard it. Do you know why elevator jokes are, are so good? No. Because they work on so many levels. <laughs> That's funny. I, that, I like that one. I think I like dad jokes. <laughs> I was I get like, them. what just happened? <laughs> I like that. So I got some, somebody was cheering me up with some dad jokes. I actually asked, I was like, do you have any like bad dad jokes? Like I could use something that was just totally random. Oh, and we should totally do like a story post and ask people to share their best dad jokes. I love it. I yeah. think I will do that. Thank you for the Instagram inspiration. Yeah. Keep an eye out viewers. Mm -hmm. Bad dad joke contest coming soon. I'm writing it down yes, in my imaginary please. notepad. That's sitting right in front of you. It's a real notepad. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know if I have anything new and good either. Um, there was a boy who asked you out recently. No, but then he denied that he asked me. Oh, yeah, that's right. And yeah. he, but you said, no, thanks. I'm not going out. Like, I'm yeah, not so dating right now. He was just like, um, he was like, hey, do you want to grab dinner and drinks tonight? And I responded and I said, I'm really flattered that you ask. And drinks and dinner do sound good, but I do want you to know that I'm intentionally not dating right now. But we had previously talked about studying because we're both, well, he has his private pilot's license and he's working on his IFR training and he's here from Alaska for a few months to get that training done so he's like I'd be more than happy to help you study and when it comes to flying uh it's still very important to do what's called chair flying 
Which is what you did on the intro of our last yes, podcast. That's if what I did. People where, were you, know, you walk through yeah. the different steps. Yeah. If people you. heard me t- telling how you were doing everything with your hands, apparently there's a term for this. Yeah, there is. It's called chair flying. And so what you do is you just sit in a chair and you go through and you speak through and you go through all the actual muscle movements so that you're actually instilling muscle memory into your body when it comes to pushing all the different buttons and the levers and the yoke and everything. And so, you know, that's something that we can do together. Because a person there with you Mm -hmm. would be like checking you to make sure you're not forgetting anything and also burning it into their memory. It's like dual ended. And the other thing that I remembered is when you do have someone, because my, my instructor was telling me to just chair fly by myself, but I remember... Uh, I when when I was talking to other people about my flying, uh, if I chair fly with a study buddy, we can actually practice being tower and ground. So I never have that uh oh moment again. <laughs> uh oh, <laughs> I y'all. If y'all haven't listened to the Angela um, more than our story episode, it is so funny. The intro. Uh oh. Uh oh. It's like that's like the one thing. That's like the one thing I don't want to hear from oh, any. I any professional in any industry i never want them like it's a bomb squad here they're like uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> but it's so me and the way you fucking say it is so great like <laughs> so one of the greatest things that i have really really learned i i always thought this and believed it and really desired it but it wasn't until i was taking my ground lessons with my instructor is like he says like pilots really truly have to have humility in in their practice because there's a lot of room for error but there's not a lot of room to be sorry for yourself and beat yourself up because there are so many other decisions and so many Mm -hmm. other areas that you have to put your brain cells and your focus on that when you make a mistake you you of course acknowledge it but then you have to correct. Mo- you know, correct and then move on to the next thing that you're responsible for. Because if you're up in the air and you're dwelling on the mistakes that you've made, you're not able to be in the moment to take care of the things that you have to take care of. Because in the air, there's a life and death. But you're a dentist. Like you must be coming across very similar situations. Like things don't always go right in medicine. Like you're drilling yeah. and surgery. And like if something goes wrong, you're like, okay, that's the new reality. Do this, yeah. this and this. No, and that's why I say like I, I practiced it. I, I, you know, I believe in it, but it was... You have three hours in the air, technically. technically. Legitimately. Mm-hmm. Legitimately. Legitimately three hours Officially. in the air. Yes. Three hours, no, no, 2.8 official hours. I was rounding up but for I know, you. thank you. Um, um, but I mean, you have to give yourself a lot of grace too in knowing yeah. you're like... That's the other I'm part. I'm getting so there. I think, I think I am, I can't, I am a humble person, but I think the grace part is the part that I need to work on. I like it. Yeah. Across my entire life. <laughs> You'll get there. So, yeah. So, uh, but today's episode is, um, you know, and I think that's part of it too. I've been trying to practice sitting with myself more and trying to feel what my body's feeling, I guess. Like acknowledge what my body feels. And I think that's like, intuition right and so yes you know and and i think like uh you know like our listeners will hear in today's episode is our special guest today um she doesn't outright say that she's listening to her intuition but you can tell yeah when she's exactly telling what her i heard and sharing her story that she's very in tune with herself and i think that's one of the 
one of my most favorite things about our conversation today with our guest. I would agree. I would, that was, um, I mean, I had a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed when she was like, can we swear in here? <laughs> That's going to be a quote on our Insta oh, for, for sure. sure. Can we swear and in here? And I'll be future. like, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, fuck yeah. Um, Miley had to give us an explicit rating because mandy's potty mouth was insane in the early episodes i've calmed down a lot every episode i list as explicit now yeah i've calmed down a lot but we we used to we were well i shouldn't say we used to we still talk about things that fire me up but like sometimes i get fired up on shit like and i'm just like i'm popping off and i can't even help it and you know what that's what we can do because this is our fucking podcast i'm a grown-up a grown-ass woman yeah i'm gonna drop an f-bomb i'm gonna drop an f-bomb for fuck's sake <laughs> yeah, Liz was a fabulous um guest. I was really excited to talk to her and I think people are going to hear you may hear a lot of your own story in here, corporate working yeah. and um you know, school and finding your journey and it's all in here and I hope you guys have a have a good time and a open heart. Oh, yeah, for, for sure. For this episode. Enjoy the episode, folks. We're friends. Hi, Liz. Hi. Welcome to our episode. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me. So tonight we have Elizabeth Tavares, but you said that we can call you Liz. Yes, you can. How are you feeling tonight? I'm good. I'm good. We had a really busy day, so that was exciting. And then, yeah, I've just been looking forward to this. Yeah, I always say busy is better than bored. Mm-hmm. Yes. And when you say we had a busy day, who had a busy day? So we would be my husband, John, um, and then our two business partners, Emily and Elle. So we had some business things and meetings and stuff today. So it was kind of like back to back getting, you know, getting stuff done, running around. We also had time to get coffee because of course, um, so it's fun. It's a fun busy. It's a good busy, but I'm usually working from home so on the days when we get to go and do stuff out i really enjoy it get to put on a face and stuff like that yeah it's a a treat (laughs) yeah for sure i love that especially in a pandemic where we are um you know we haven't been out and about doing business (laughs) it's been calls and video calls and just not a lot of like texting and emailing and not a lot of in-person business it's kind of fun to get out there and see people again and like you get to feel, feel people's vibe and like energy with them and especially if you're doing business it's nice to know that you share an energy or you get a good energy from somebody for sure for sure yeah we went to um la bohemia i don't know if you guys have been there yet um Mm -mm. i hadn't been there it's a coffee place on i think it's like 17th street in mcdowell um and our partners had been there and they really loved it so we went over there and we actually ran into a so crazy um josh Josh is everywhere. (laughs) He just comes in with the cutest dog ever. And he was like, hey, and ends up giving us cookies. And I was like, this is the best life. Like, I live the best life. (laughs) Were you meeting him or did he just happen to be there? He just showed up. Every time. Like, I see him everywhere. He (laughs) called me a little while ago and I couldn't answer the call. But like, he's everywhere. Like, I'll go to the Freak Brothers delivering stuff and I turn around. And like, I get a call from Josh. I'm like, that's weird. I turn around and he's sitting right there. (laughs) (laughs) He's so, he's everywhere. It's hilarious. My partner, Emily, was like, was he meeting you here? And I was like, how? I didn't even know we were coming here. Like, how? (laughs) No, he's not meeting me. (laughs) If you're downtown and you, like, know Josh at all, you might find him. Like, you might just see him out and about at any food or coffee shop downtown on any given day or time. Yep. 
it was so crazy. <laughs> he's he's everywhere. He's so funny. He is funny. He's great. And I ate that cookie for lunch. It was so good. Hell yeah. Those cookies are a meal. Oh, it's so good. It's like cakey and tall in the middle. Like, I don't even know how you get it like that. I know, you know, cause you're like a baking scientist, but it was so <laughs> I don't, good. I don't question. I just enjoy. I think yeah, they're exactly. like six ounce cookies. That's how, because they're too big to flatten. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. It's literally just like a cookie scoop of cookie, like a, a muffin scoop of cookie. Well, that, that must be the secret. So Liz, I guess by that, you're not doing the baking at your businesses. And when we say your businesses uh, with your partners, can you tell us what those are? Yes. So we have the Coronado, which is a vegan restaurant downtown. Um, I guess I would say it's Southwest inspired. I don't know that there's really a specific name for what the menu is, but definitely Southwest inspired. Um, my partner, Elle, is the chef there and she grew up in Phoenix. And so the whole, you know, menu is inspired by the tastes and things of living here. Um, so she created the whole menu for Coronado. And then we also have Dark Hall Coffee, which that was basically born by accident. Um, we had a baker who was baking in the Coronado. And if you've ever been there, it's the tiniest, oldest house that is literally falling apart. Um and our baker was baking in basically this hallway that goes from where the bathrooms are to where the kitchen is. And it's maybe an eight or nine foot hallway by like hallway width. Mm -hmm. So she's baking in there and then anybody coming, you know, out of the kitchen or anybody trying to go back to the kitchen to get food is having to go behind her. And she's trying to, you know, it was crazy. So we were like, okay, we just got to get a spot for her to bake basically. Um, it can just be a room and we'll put an oven in there. So we kind of went on the hunt and we found pretty much the cheapest place we could find. And it had been a hair salon at one point. And then before we got it, there was a person selling antiques out of it, but also lived in it with their cats. Oh, okay. So it was, okay. Yes. <laughs> Very interesting. There was also a cool place has had. Yes, it's seen a lot of things. And if you ever go there, you can kind of tell it's seen a lot of things too. Um, so we got that spot and we completely gutted it, which we had never done. Um, none of us, you know, have a background in any of that stuff, but it was like, let's just see what we can do and make it work. So we set up the kitchen, um, did a lot of Googling, got the stuff. Um, we did like a square loan uh, from Coronado. So Coronado basically paid for it to happen because we, you know, don't have the funds for that kind of stuff. So we did that. And then we had probably 20 feet of space left in the plan. And so we thought, well, let's just put coffee in the front because if we're going to be baking, let's make coffee. Yeah. Um, so we did that and it just kind of took on a personality of its own. I mean, it became its own thing and it's very specific in the branding, I guess, but I don't know if that was intentional at first. It was kind of just like, this was our accidental baby and here she is. Mm -hmm. And then she became this personality, which as weird as that sounds, people, um, I think people gravitate towards it because it's kind of weird. <laughs> and we've always been kind of the weird kids. You know, we were never like, the cool kids in school or the kids doing all the hip stuff. So 
we really just put the stuff we loved in there and it just took off that way. So now it's like an actual coffee place, which is so weird to think because literally all we wanted was for our baker to have room to bake. So those are the two spots. That's amazing. (laughs) Like that's just the happiest of happy accidents, right? It's beautiful how it came together, yes. you know, because the intention was the, the the intention was a good intention. You wanted a good place for your baker to work. And then something even more beautiful came together. And I yeah. have been to Dark Hall Coffee and I don't find it weird. Um, <laughs> I, it's like it's its own vibe. That's for sure. I have like a really hard time even putting words to it. But it's like it's not quite goth, but it's like dark and moody but beautiful because there are all these gorgeous like flower like rose there are rose patterns and um it's just it's beautiful and it's dark and it's moody and it's it's just its own vibe and if people haven't been there i highly encourage them to go the baked goods are phenomenal um and i mean coffee i mean who doesn't like coffee of course coffee yeah (laughs) so with both businesses you said that the coronado you're partnered with l the the chef and the dark hall coffee who the same so there's four of us for both okay Um, so we created like an llc um which we call dark crown projects we just sit and make up names for stuff yeah coronado mean crown too or okay oh ah okay yeah so that was kind of a mix so it's the four of us and we are both like all of us are the same on both businesses and that's kind of how we set it up. So if we do something additional in the future, it'll be the same thing, like same structure, just to make it easy. Yeah. Um, and everybody's equal. Everybody has their equal say and nobody's more important, which is cool. <laughs> I'm really fascinated to know the details about that partnership and how it came to be. But can we kind of maybe backtrack a little bit and kind of um, get an idea of how you even got to this place and in a timeline-ish? So. But my first two questions would be, you know, around what time did Dark Hall Coffee kind of enter? The, brew. Yeah, the brew. <laughs> and then like before that, Coronado, just to get an idea. And then I know that you came from the, the corporate world too. So we'd love to hear kind of like your story. Stop stealing all my questions. I wrote, <laughs> did you read my questions when I was gone? I wrote these questions down and now she's asking all of them in rapid fire and stealing my whole interview. <laughs> Well, you are just too slow. <laughs> you start at the beginning. Cool. Yeah. And I'm sometimes fuzzy on dates. So if I say something wrong, nobody be upset. Um, We're not going to fact check you. Cool. 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 Okay. So I was born in Lincoln, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. I lived in the Midwest um, until I was 12. And then my mom joined the Air Force as a nurse and got stationed out at Luke. So oh, we moved here. Oh, cool. So we moved here um, when I was going into seventh grade, and I've been here ever since. Wow. Nice. What school did you go to? What, what's, what elementary school and what high school? I went to Peoria Elementary, and then I went to... Did you go <laughs> there too? too? I went to Wait. Peoria until I was seven years old. So okay. probably you got there right when I was leaving, because then I moved... 10 minutes away from Peoria and went to Paseo Verde. So what high school did you go to? So I went to Peoria High School for a year. And then my dad was a teacher at a private school. So he took my brother and I out of Peoria. And it was my brother's senior year there. Took us both out, 
and put us in private school. Um, so we graduated from there. That school no longer exists. And it's basically like not a real school. Like you can't get any oh. records. You can't oh, get any transcripts. No. There's so nothing. If, if you need to prove your high school diploma, you may <laughs> not be able to. <laughs> You're like, look, I have this photo Correct. of this. Um, I swear I went there. Yeah, I, I was here. <laughs> okay. I was wow. here. Look at my uniform. Yeah. It's crazy. There, my class was a class of four graduating, and four. Yeah, like the whole one, two, three, four. Four. <laughs> it almost I was sounds kind of like four. homeschool, homeschool private yeah. school. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it was a real school building. I mean, as much as it could be for the amount of students who went there, but yeah, it was not my first choice. But it's fine. I learned things. I built character. You know. That's awesome. Okay, and Good. then after high school. After high school, um, I went to Grand Canyon for a year. Um, I studied criminal justice. Uh, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I thought I wanted to maybe do like crime scene investigation, maybe like morgue stuff. I mean, I'm very interested in all of that. It doesn't creep me out or anything. Um, and then I went to re-enroll for my second year and they were like, you have an $800 balance. So you have to pay that now or you can't enroll. And I was like, okay, bye. And I never went back. <laughs> yeah. It, oh, I mean, my. now thinking about it, I'm like, I'm in a totally different position, obviously. But then being, you know, 19 years old and no financial help yeah. is like, Even okay, well, I'll go get lot. a job. Yeah. 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 So I worked, um, I got married in 2002 and my husband lived in Yuma Arizona. So I went down there cause he had the, you know, good stable job. Um, so I went down there to live with him. I couldn't find a job. Nobody would hire me. How did you meet uh, him if he lived in Yuma? So, okay. That's another whole tangent. I was like, wait, um, we got, we missed a yeah, step here. You just something. like, you're like, I was 19 in college, quit school. And then I got married in 2002. I'm like, wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> so he played in a band and I played in a band. Um, our bands played together and we liked each other, but he had a girlfriend. Um, and I, you know, I was doing my own thing. He lived in a different town. So we would occasionally play shows where their band would be playing too. So I would see him, we would talk, whatever. Um, and it was probably, I don't know, two or three years of just kind of knowing each other existed, but not really. I didn't think that you know, I could date this guy who lived in this different town who also had a girlfriend. Mm -hmm. um, so it wasn't even a possibility. But then I was working in a record store over by Metro Center. Um, and he had a friend who worked with me and he came in to visit that friend, <laughs> which was actually to see me. And then we started hanging out. And then it was probably maybe the second time we hang out, we hung out and he said that he wanted to get married. And I said, okay, let's do it. And then Nine months later, we were engaged, and nine months after that, we were married. So, and that was 18 years ago. Wow. Wow. What a story. Yeah. I know. Beautiful. There's story. a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of little details in it, but that's how it went. <laughs> how what, cute. What instruments do you and your husband play or play? So, I sing. Um, play a little bit of keyboard, but not really well. Um, and he does literally everything. Oh. He sings, he plays guitar, he plays bass, he plays drums. 
he plays keyboard. Um, he records music. Oh. So he's really, yeah, he's very, still, very talented. Dabble in the music stuff? I don't currently. Um, I made a conscious decision to step away from it. Um, I had been doing it for 15 years, performing and traveling and booking shows and buying merch and you know, it was a hard thing to leave because it was such a part of me. And I felt like that was who a lot of people knew me as, you know, it was Liz from this band. Um, so a lot of it was my identity. And I think I was worried to give that up and not be associated with something or be performing or be meeting people that way. Um, but I was just tired. I mean, it's a lot of effort to put into something when you're also trying to have a job or trying to, you know, be with your family or have an outside life. Um, so I don't do it anymore. Um, my husband's still, I mean, every day he's in his room, he has his own room of music, um, playing his guitar or mixing music. Um, he plays live shows when those were a thing. So he'll play sometimes. Um, yeah, but I'm out of it and I'm totally at peace with that. I, I, um, the episode that we just released when we talked to Dr. Angela Kinslow, it's funny, we just talked about identity with her as well. And like, how our identity sometimes gets tied up in this one thing. And it can be hard to walk away from that one thing when we feel it's such a piece of our identity, like who am I outside of this thing? Yep. So for that's sure. like, for that's sure. a, a big thing to kind of do. So especially, but, and if you're feeling it and you're, and you're able to do that, it's probably very rewarding to kind of step outside of it and go, oh, I am so much more than that one thing that I've tied so much of myself to. For sure. And it was, it was sad because it felt like in a way I was giving up a gift that I had and part of something that, I mean, that helped me meet my husband that, you know, my brother was in my band. So we were very connected. Um, and so stepping away from it and making the choice not to be a part of it, I think could have seemed not a rejection of those people or those relationships, but it could have felt like, you know, I don't want to connect with you in this way anymore. And so I think that kept me from making the decision for a long time. Um, because I still wanted to have that relationship with my brother and I still wanted to be on stage and perform with my husband, you know, or whatever it was. Um, but doing it, I mean, like you said, is super rewarding. And when you can get to the point where you accept that it doesn't define you, you know, and people don't like you because you're in a band and if they do, they don't really like you anyway, you know, yeah. um, it's huge and it's super freeing because it's like, now I don't have to spend my time, putting into something that I'm not super passionate about. Yeah. And that's kind of a big thing too, right? If I'm not excited by it, why am I doing this? And then I think women, a lot of times and men probably to an extent too, but I think as women and such caregivers as a general rule, we often consider other people's feelings above our own. Mm -hmm. And it's like, am I disappointing people? Are they going to feel like you said, is this a rejection of them? Um, am I doing this more for other people than I'm doing for me? And that sure. kind of gets to be where my baseline is uh, with things in my life. So I feel <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard, but it's, I don't know. I think 
that sort of set me on a path of really only doing the stuff that I care about. Um, and obviously, you know, there's things we all have to do that we don't love, but for the most part, you know, spending my free time with people I want to be with and people who I know care about me, excuse me, pause, (laughs) um, just starting that off and knowing, okay, I made this decision and the reward is I feel great. And there's a freedom to that. And then it helped it be easier every time after, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't need this relationship in my life because it's not, you know, supporting me and it's not positive for me. And it's easier to say no to those things once you do it one time. Um, So it kind of, yeah, it kind of just went from there. And now I don't, I don't, it's great. Yeah, I don't, I, um, saying no to things is kind of one of my favorite things. (laughs) Yes. Kind of like a muscle, you know, the, the first no is the hardest. Yeah. Cause it's easy to say yes, Yeah, but then you burn yourself out. And I think we've probably all three been there like, yes, yes. I'd love to, I'd love to help. I'll do that. I can do that. Yeah. How can I help? How can I do this? And we like overextend and burn ourselves out. And the no, like to Miley's point is definitely something to practice. My yeah. brother, my brother has this mantra that is like, you know, you can't say yes until you've said no. And so it's kind of like mm-hmm. say no so that when you do say yes, you're saying yes to the projects that you're passionate about, the people that you mm-hmm. mo- you know care most and love about. But, you know, you have to be able to say both no and yes so that that yes means a lot more. For sure. I totally agree with that. And you're so much happier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You if you're going to have a passion able... project, be passionate about it. Yep. <laughs> And then you're able to like give more to the things that you do care about and the people you care about because you're not overextending yourself in other areas. Yeah. So speaking of passion, because I would uh, I would like to think that the two projects that you have or, or basically the LLC that you have is a passion and anything that grows from that is what you're passionate about. I still want to kind of keep going towards yeah. your LLC and where you are currently. So um, after you married and moved to Yuma with your husband, then what? So we were there for a total of nine months. Um, And then you came to your senses. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And let me tell you, we started building a house there. um, Like a house where you pick like the colors of everything because it's not even a house yet, which is insane. (laughs) Yeah. I'm 21 years old doing this. Um, And I was just like, it was like red flags just within me, nothing actually happening, you know, that anybody could point to and say, this isn't right. But I was like, I don't think we should do this. Like we should just go back to Phoenix. Um, There's opportunity there. My family's there. Um, You know, our friends are there. This is just Yuma and not to talk trash about Yuma because I did love it towards the end, you know, and there was sadness leaving because the people there were great. Um, but I just knew it wasn't the place for us. Um, so we came up here, um, we had a month free rent at an apartment. I was able to get my old job back and John didn't have a job, but I was like, he can find a job in a month. That's super easy. Um, and he was in auto parts. So he applied, I don't even remember where, but he got a job and then we were here. Um, so after that, I mean, we just worked, he was a manager at, checker and also a manager at AutoZone. Um, I 
the job I came back up for was a doctor's office, like a family doctor's office. Um, I got a call from a friend of my parents who worked with an insurance company, a commercial insurance company. And he said, we need somebody to come in and just like, you know, ground level processing. You're basically just reading policies and checking them for accuracy. Um, but it was 50% more than I was making at the doctor's office. So I was like, okay, yes. Um, and probably better benefits working for an insurance company versus working for a small private practice. Yes. Because at the, you know, at the family practice, you can see the doctor there, but you don't have other, you know, benefits or anything. Um, so I, you know, took the job nervous because I didn't know anything about insurance. Um, nervous because the job was downtown nervous because you know I'm just a nervous person. It's like anything new is so scary to me. Um, but I took it and I ended up being there for 13 years um, and awesome. moved my way up, um, became an account executive selling commercial insurance policies and servicing those clients. So um, my clients were, it sounds funny, but they are people who own multiple mobile home parks. So it would be, you know, a guy living in Los Angeles who owns 65 mobile home parks throughout the United States, and it's servicing all of those and making sure he has the right insurance, um, all the stuff that comes along with that. So not super glamorous, but, um, you know, it was fun. um, You get to say phrases like servicing my clients. (laughs) I was very good at Uh, yeah, it was, it was a learning experience. Um, you know, I got to travel a little bit. We would go out and see clients when they had renewals. So there were some fun parts of it. Um, from the window where our office was, I could see our house. Mm. Like it was, there were definitely perks, good benefits. You know, I was pretty much left alone because I had been there so long that it was like, you know, she knows what she's doing, leave her alone. Um, which was good. But I knew that it wasn't where I was going to be forever. Um, But I didn't really know what that meant because I didn't have another path. I had done the criminal justice thing. I've always been interested in interior design. Um, In the midst of all this, I got a diploma for interior design from Art Institute. So it's like, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I know this isn't what I want to do forever. And my boss knew that, you know, and she was very supportive. I had told her, this isn't my dream, but I'm going to work really hard at it until I'm not here. You know, I'm going to make as much money as I can and be the best at this until it's time for me to go. And she was totally understanding, which was awesome. Um, So in 2015, we got a call from Elle and Emily, and they had had a restaurant before um, that did not, I don't want to say it didn't succeed, but they ended up having to close. So, and to be fair, were... that's, that's sorry to interrupt you, but to be fair, that's the majority of restaurants that open. It's yes. like, I don't know, 90% fail within the first like two years or something crazy. Yep. Yeah. Stats, and it was, that's our astronomical, like on restaurant failure, quote failures. Like I think right. in my opinion, like opening a restaurant and like having to be even able to and run a restaurant for any period of time is a, is a growth process. Yeah. And if you're a success, running a restaurant, you can run. yeah, like it's a success. It's not that a failure. You made it that far. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Yep. Like you may end up having I, to shut down a business, but like hardware it, stores it shut down too. Failure. Yeah. Like other things close. Like it's not a failure. It's actually part totally of the, the process. Yeah. I totally so, agree. I, yeah. So they were in process of closing that down. Um, and someone came to them and said, Hey, I have this house that I own on seventh street. Um, and if you guys want to rent it, I think you could make something else there. Um, so they reached out to us and this is the connection to the past. So L was the drummer in our band for 12 years. Um, so we've known each other forever. Like since we were children, <laughs> we've seen, you know, seen a lot of stuff together, been in weird situations. Um, so there's that connection, you know, and they, um, Emily and Elle got married, I think 15 years ago. So we've known Emily just as long. Oh, no. Um, so when they got the call for this place, they called John and I, and they said, you know, we don't really know what this means, but if we do another restaurant, we want to do it with you guys. So do you want to go look at this with us? So we went on a Sunday, um, and kind of, you know, peeked in the windows and I was like, okay, yeah, we can make this cool. Like I love old houses, so, you know, we can make it work. Um, and then 30 days later, Coronado was open. Have you guys talked about opening anything together at some previous point or was it just kind of like out of the blue when she called and said, Hey, we want to do this with you. Like, had there been any conversation about any kind of business together? You and John, you didn't mention that either one of you had any restaurant restaurant experience. experience You know, you mentioned interior design, but (laughs) I'm like, why did they call you? Yeah, (laughs) You know, I still ask myself that I'm glad they did. Um, we have no restaurant experience, John and I, we've never worked in restaurants. We've never, I didn't have that job as a kid. I worked at Bath and Body Works, you know, um, <laughs> uh, no restaurant stuff. Um, I think they knew how good John was as a manager um, and how good he is with people. And if you guys ever meet him, it's like, you'll understand, like everybody likes him right away. Um, we're totally opposite. Cause I'm very introverted. So usually, you know, it takes me a while to, for anybody to like me, but everybody likes him right away. Um, so I think them knowing his work ethic and then knowing my background in the business side of it, you know, benefits, insurance, legal contracts, organization, stuff like that. It was like, it just was the perfect match. Um, but there had been no conversation about it, which was, <laughs> I, I don't even know why we said yes. You know, it's, I don't know. Cause we weren't, <laughs> it's not like it made sense on paper. It doesn't make sense what happened, but I mean, obviously it was meant to happen. That's so cool. Yeah. It's, it's a crazy, I mean, 30 days. So we were both working our full-time jobs still. And they were in process of closing down their other restaurant and doing, you know, all those final things. So basically, you know, John and I would work all day, eight to five or whatever, go home and eat dinner, feed our animals, then go over to Coronado and start painting, um, you know, or whatever it was that needed to be done. Were they moving things from the restaurant that was closing into the Coronado? I mean, the Coronado wasn't set up as a restaurant before you all moved into that space, right? It was a restaurant, but it hadn't been running or operating or anything for, I don't know how, probably like eight or nine months. Okay. Um, so the person who was in there, I don't know, you know, what's true or what's not from what I've heard, but 
they left and they basically left everything in there. Hmm. So we walked into basically a fully, you know, furnished restaurant and we were able to say, you know, okay, we need this. This doesn't work. We don't need this, you know, but we had no money, obviously. So it was like, we kind of just had to use what was there and yeah. make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the stuff that's there is the stuff that was there when we got there and we'll stay there when we leave. <laughs> it's donated with the building. <laughs> Comes with the building. Yeah. Comes with the sale. That's so funny. Yeah, because yeah. you guys are moving. So Coronado yeah. Cafe is moving around the corner into the space that used to be the tuck shop. Yep. So okay. it's at, the new space is at 12th Street in Oak. And it's it's going to be like night and day. I mean, it's twice the seating. It's a fully renovated building. It's like mid-century modern. So it's super pretty. Um, built in the 60s originally, um, but fully redone, I think, in 2004. Um, it's an actual kitchen and it's an actual restaurant. <laughs> it's not a house. Um, it has a great patio. It's just like, I don't know the way it happened. Like it still gives me goosebumps the way it happened. Cause we were coming up at the end of our lease at Coronado and our landlord there is fine. You know, he doesn't bother us, but he also doesn't really help with stuff. Um, so we were kind of looking at our options and we met this person, um, who buys and rents out properties and also sells properties and is an amazing like downtown champion for um, putting local businesses in in places. Um, His group, they have a lot of buildings and stuff. And their whole point is we don't want Starbucks to go in here. We don't want Target to go in here. We want the mom and pops. We want the people who are in these neighborhoods to be able to stay. Um, So we got connected with him through our friend, Rachel, who owns Bunky Boutique. She was like, you have to meet this guy. His name's Jason. He's awesome. Um, So we met up with him and it was basically, I think it was about a year ago and he showed us the tuck shop and he was like, this could be an option. Um, And we immediately were like, okay, we're going to put this over here and we're going to put this over here. Um, And then it ended up not panning out for some reason at that point. So we were looking, they had another house that was in Garfield and he's like, we can basically build this out for you guys. Like we can do whatever you want. Um, So we were planning on that. And then the family who lived next door to that was like, we don't want a restaurant next door to us. Um, And yeah, it's kind of like, okay, you're in Garfield. Like after another. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But we also, you know, we make enough enemies. We don't need to make enemies of our neighbor. Um, so <laughs> you're like, I'm not so, trying to start out with any bad juju. No, no, not at all. So we moved on from that one and then they were going to do us a new build. Um, it's been, you know, so many turns where it's just like, okay, now we're doing this. All right. That's not working. Now we're doing this. Um, so last month he reached out and he was like, Hey, come and meet me. I need to talk to you guys. And we're just like, Oh boy. Um, so we went over and he's just like the new build, there's no way it's going to be ready on time. Um, the, you know, permit situation with the city is crazy, crazier than normal because of COVID. Um, and I know you guys need to be out of your lease. So let's do the tuck shop again. Um, whatever situation had been happening that made it unavailable before, 
is now not a situation. So that became available and it was like, it felt like a full circle moment. Like we were meant to be there and we just had to kind of, you know, go through the motions of the other things. Um, but now we're going to be there. So it's amazing. We're, we're all so, so excited. What's the timeline to be there? So we're hoping to open July 1st over there. Um, our lease starts May 1st, so we'll be there working. We actually have more than 30 days this time, which is great. Um, <laughs> so we'll be working over there for about eight weeks and getting you know, um, more people hired, staff trained, um, and just getting ready. So the goal is July 1st, but current Coronado will be open until we move, unless there's like a couple days of downtime. Sure. So I'm really curious and fascinated by the partnership that you have um, when it comes mm -hmm. to business and especially, you know, business when you go into business with friends and how do you draw boundaries and how do you define responsibilities and hold each other accountable, but also hold yourself accountable. So I do want us to touch on that, but I also don't know if we want to kind of go back to the timeline and kind of, I mean, this kind of fits in yeah. the timeline, in my opinion. I'm just like, I, well, you said like it's... I also wasn't sure if we wanted to touch a little bit about the transition. I know you said you were still both oh, working yeah. in corporate for 30, you know, and then Coronado opened for, you know, within 30 days. And so how was that transition? And, you know, were there nerves? Were there fears? Were there confidence? Was, you know, I'm sure How long did you do yeah. both? Mm -hmm. And how did you manage that? Or, you know, things like any obstacles, challenges, or great so. Things? Coronado opened in 2015 and I didn't leave my job until 2018. So oh. it was three years of doing both. But I mean, to be fair, all three of my partners were in there, you know, day to day doing the, doing the thing. And I was at my job also looking at my personal email, also reading contracts and leases and, you know, doing what I could for my end, but they really took the brunt of everything during that time because I just, I couldn't be available. Um, so we went, I remember the moment because I had been kind of dreaming about it ever since I started working. <laughs> <laughs> um, we went to see our CPA and he had said, <clears throat> he said, you guys need to put more people on payroll. Oh. to you know, for tax benefits. I would and love to take a check. I know. So I was like, wait, hello. Yeah. You're like, put me in coach. Yeah. This is me. <laughs> so we went downstairs and I was like, wait, so does this mean I can leave my job? You know? And we all kind of like looked at each other and it was like, yeah. And that was like, I mean, as quick as that. Um, so I went to work the next day and I talked to my boss um, and I gave her a timeline. I gave three months. Um, because, you know, the clients I had at my job were large clients and somebody really needed to be familiar with them specifically and their nuances and quirks and all of that. Um, so I gave three months and then I was done April of 2018. Wow. April 1st. That's amazing. Yeah. What, so that's, that, that's answers the question that was in my head was like, what made you pull the trigger? Cause like, working full-time and running a side business. I know a little something about not running a full-fledged restaurant, like a storefront that demands constant yeah. attention. But like, there is always that thing that's like, when do you know it's time to leave? So that's, that's amazing. Like, and then with your partners and them, you know, you guys had, to, you divvied up responsibilities, yeah, say, but like, I'm curious to hear your responsibilities. Yeah. What were the, I'm curious, like, 
how the dynamics were and like were there challenges not necessarily even with the division of responsibilities but just like what's it like to go into business with like not just one friend like Miley and I you know it's like one person like if we get in a fight it's bad news but if there's like four of you <laughs> like and not only that it's not just four friends it's two it's a cu- couple two couples yeah so yeah. yeah that's even more interesting I didn't realize that before today's conversation so it's like I don't know. Now there's, now there's four chiefs in the literal kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can I cuss on here? Fuck yeah. <laughs> Have we not been cussing, Miley? We've been doing oh, a terrible job. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cuss all you want. It's, it's fucking hard. Yeah. It's hard. <laughs> I mean, it's, we have all, we have all grown a crazy amount. Um, not just in our relationships with each other, but just in, communication, honesty, all of those things. I mean, and we've had to, it's hard. It's really, I mean, it's everything you think it would be. It's all the awkward times when it's like you have this, you know, history and this past with your friend, but you're seeing them as a business partner. And, you know, maybe you're annoyed that they're not doing something the way you think they should. And, you know, it's all the things, but we've, we've made really good boundaries and really good choices as far as when shit goes down (laughs) we sit down even if everybody hates it and even if three out of the four are crying I never cry by the way um (laughs) it's always those three (laughs) and Liz is just sitting there like how long is this gonna go Uh, on all the court all the years of corporate meetings like did a pretty good job of, you know, keeping me from getting too emotional. Um, and they're, I love them all. I mean, they're just great. They'll, you know, get real excited about where we're at and just cry. And it's great. Um, <laughs> and you're just still chilling there. Like, okay. Yeah. I'm like, it is. It's great. Cool. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's having boundaries. It's saying, you know, Hey, I know we're all mad at each other. We need to sit down and talk. And we do a lot of FaceTimes. Um, you know, they have two kids. So sometimes coordinating time is a little more challenging, but they'll, you know, get on FaceTime and we all sit and look at each other in the eyes and, you know, say, Hey, that sucked. I felt, you know, really hurt when you said this or when you did this, or, you know, it makes my job harder if you don't do your job. Um, and we just have the conversations you have like, you have to have the conversations. There's no way around it. And I think if you have people who are willing to walk through that with you and not give up, um, and not, you know, give up on you that you can have a partnership with your friends. I think that's a really important thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. trusting that the people that you, you know, either go into business or even have any kind of relationship, like trusting that they're not going to give up so easily and that you know and conflict can either make or break you and it sounds like you all trust each other to be supportive through the conflict and and then with every conflict or challenge that you go through you grow stronger in communication you grow stronger in being honest with each other and honest with yourselves and asking for boundaries or asking for what is you know important in order for all four of you to move forward and for this the businesses to move forward and be successful yeah it sounds like you're all putting in what you want to get back too is what I was thinking at like when you were telling me that like I was like well you're all putting it in and that's 
that's I think a lot of it, it, and, you know, and then everybody sees that like, oh, they're giving just as much as I am and they care just as much as I do. And I wouldn't be so upset about X, Y and Z if I didn't give a shit about what was going on here and want us to be For bigger sure. and better mm-hmm. and stronger. So like we all care on yeah. this equal level. And that's like that's just that's yeah. what it boils down to when you know the other person gives as much shit as you do. Mm-hmm. Agreed. <laughs> we all give a shit. I have all of the shits to give. How many shits? That should totally go on merch. <laughs> oh my, okay, so speaking of merch, we're gonna. I'm gonna just talk about real quick the there's the greatest Yelp review I think I've ever seen, or one line taken from a Yelp review. The Coronado yeah. was on the receiving end of, and you guys put it on T-shirts, right? That's just who we are. It's yes. so good. We're, we're hashtag petty. That. Yeah, you need to tell Miley because she doesn't know and I don't listener may not know either, but it's so great. So, okay, I can't remember the exact words, but it's something like just know the Coronado. What does it say? The Coronado. I feel like I should go get the shirt. Oh, totally. Yes, I will take a picture. Okay, okay, hold on. I'll be right back. (laughs) See, I'm wearing pants. (laughs) For the record, Liz is wearing pants, everyone. She didn't show up pantsless to the podcast. It's funny we talk about this review because it, something we said earlier about the restaurant made me think of this review. And I was like, I need to remember to ask, to ask her this. Yes. How long ago was the review? And how oh. come you don't have the merch? You know, I'm not big on like t-shirts and stuff. Like, I, well, you know, I don't I buy stuff. when we have merch, you actually wear our merch. Well, yeah, merch. I'll wear our merch, Avi. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, I don't. Can I trust Have you, you ever seen that? me in any t-shirt with I'm a logo? Saying. Have I ever seen you and uh, can I trust that you Have I seen ours? you in a t-shirt with a logo ever? Okay. I might so, have. See, bitch, you guys, this is all from the Salvation Army or Hand Me hey, Downs. Do hey, not even. Hey, I, it's called I being economical. <laughs> The one that with the review with the stars. Oh man, it's so good. I'm so excited for for you to see this. <laughs> it's <laughs> I swear it's like a I don't know. I don't know where the where the person got the phrase, but it's one that I semi repeat. Oh <laughs> because will it, I recognize well, not the it? Whole will thing. I recognize it? You may recognize it. I feel like part of it has become part of pop culture, but not necessarily like but it, even if it is part of pop culture, it originated at the Coronado. I don't know. I don't know where the person oh, who wrote okay. it. We can just credit Coronado to it. Or the psycho who wrote the review. I mean, it's not a great review. Oh, 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 it's not? It's a terrible oh, review. it's a bad review, but Coronado <laughs> took the power and, like, yeah. turned it around. Yeah. Oh, now I get why. Okay, well, oh, <laughs> I didn't get I don't know. I, I, I have no idea. When you described it, I was like, was it like... Oh, because I said it was the greatest review ever. Oh, now I get what you mean. Yeah, I wasn't being literal. I just meant it was like the greatest in the terms that it was so funny. Nope, that's perfect. Also, world's most sarcastic person. Yeah, I know. I I, I'm trying to learn sarcasm. (laughs) I found it. Oh, yes. Okay. John came out and like helped me, and we're just like throwing black shirts everywhere. (laughs) He's like, "What are you doing?" It's hard because we both only wear black shirts, so it's like you just can't go. Is this your black shirt or my black You're shirt? You're like, I need this T-shirt. He's like, it's a podcast; they won't hear it. I know. I'm, I'm so like, taking a picture. This is going on shirt. our okay. story. Okay, ready? And possible witch coven? Just no. Don't waste your time or money at the Coronado. Yeah, and when it says just no, it's N O. Just no. Yeah, just like no. 
Possible witch coven. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that the funniest? Was that an actual Yelp review? It was an actual Yelp review. And we did, so to play off this, now just to clear the air, none of us are witches or Satan worshippers. <laughs> People ask that. Oh um, boy. Because you were black. I, I was, was going to ask that question. Thank you for clearing right, it up. Right. right. Yeah. So you don't have to be scared. I'm like, um, black just we, happens to be my signature color. <laughs> also the devil's color, Mandy. Oh, I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, of course, we have to like play up on that stuff, you know, when people yeah. think it. So we did the one star as uh, a pentagram. Oh. Mm-hmm. How just so I love it. Play with really, really bring it full circle. Yep. I mean, if they think it, we just got to play into that. I mean, we're so we're the most petty, the most petty, and that's (laughs) why, like, putting that review on a T-shirt was just like, okay, well, you don't get to win, and you don't get to just talk trash about us, but we're gonna like make fun of this. I I like that. I'm trying to be more petty. Mm-hmm. So if you can teach me, give me some tips on being petty. I'm practicing. I'm trying to be more petty and bitchy. Yeah, oh, Miley's the, she's like a literal walking Disney princess. Just hang maybe out with just, us. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe I just hang out at the Coronado and at the Dark Hall yep. Coffee. Then yep. I can, you know, then I'll wear black shirts. Actually, my wardrobe ever since COVID has turned mm-hmm. into a lot of darks, like grays, blacks, navy yeah. blues. Yeah. Getting it. Yeah. We need to work I'm on your eyeliner. Up. We need to work on her eyeliner game. Uh, I can work on oh, eyeliner. We can do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm dying. Perfect. Like, I actually want to see this now. Day. I want to see, like, a Miley makeover by Liz. <gasps> we could totally do that. That could Ooh. be, like, an Instagram live. That would be fun. That would be so fun. <laughs> that would be super fun. We've been vaccinated, too. Oh, yeah. So there's very little oh, worry too. on our... Oh, yay. We should, we should... We We need to figure this out. This would be such a riot I means sweet be so fun. <laughs> <laughs> i say sweet beans a lot when they're saying sweet shit <laughs> that's so funny oh my god <laughs> anyways i'm sorry okay so that oh, was okay. one of the greatest reviews ever or the way that you handle that review is yeah. awesome that's a boss move and yeah. then uh, somebody... i'm not gonna be able to forget it all night long i'm just gonna be thinking like possible witch coven just <laughs> <Yeah>. no <laughs> Where does that even come from? Like, why would someone walk in and think that, like, <laughs> the servers there are in a witch coven? Like, what? I, is it because they're all women and they have long hair? Like, I don't get even yeah, people they where just, that comes from. There's, I mean, I've been to, I've been to the Coronado more times than I really know, and like, nothing about the place <laughs> screams coven. <laughs> Like, no. Is it weird? Is it quirky? Yeah. yeah. Is it like an old house downtown? Yeah. But it's like yeah. well lit during the day. I mean, it's all windows. It's like, huh? Yeah. There's um, nothing creepy going on. Yeah. I love that one little cabinet, though. Uh, there is yes. that creepy cabinet. And we'll have to, <laughs> I'll have to find an Instagram picture. Like you put it on the Instagram, I think, recently of the Coronado. Yeah. I'll have to find it and share it with our people because that cabinet has the most fascinating things in it. It's so weird. And that's a question too, of like what we do with that when we leave, because, so it's a little built in, you know, like how old houses have in their dining room or whatever. Um, and it's probably only three inches deep and has a couple shelves and it's just in this back room where there's a few tables and we opened it at some point and there was just stuff in there. And it was like, people left, you know, an old Polaroid. There's like a baby shoe, there's a feather, there's some money, there's notes, 
Is there like a CD or a cassette tape? There's some sort of cassette. Yeah. Cassette. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't know, you know, like who started it or how people knew that they should open that and leave stuff. So it's kind of, you know, the shrine, the little offering shrine. Um, So either I was thinking we would box up the stuff and put it in the attic there and just leave it. Mm. Um, So, you know, maybe nobody will ever find it. And then when they do in a hundred years, it'll be really weird. Um, (laughs) Or take the stuff with us somehow and, I don't know, either bury it, do like a time capsule thing. I'm not really sure. I feel like a lot of cut the whole thing out and bury it. Yeah. It's built in, right? You said that it's built in. So you can't. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking like the time capsule is an interesting idea. Mm -hmm. I'm also thinking that because there's a Polaroid inside the existing shrine, you could take a Polaroid of the shrine as it exists now and just hide that somewhere in a new shrine in the the new spot. Oh, in the next. Oh, That's find a, a tiny one. little nook yeah. in the new spot mm-hmm. the first true. thing to go in it is a polaroid of the old, old shrine. shrine oh i like that idea a lot but i almost and then whoever finds shrine it as is to yeah. the next occupant it just keeps moving forward it lives forever yeah yeah i mean my only worry with leaving it is that whoever takes over will just get rid of everything yeah and for me it's like there's so much can you memory. put it in the I mean, contract negotiation? <laughs> I mean, it's not their house. Maybe <laughs> we could ask, but you I mean, the landlord house... to keep it in the next contract. Yeah, it's it's for sure haunted. Like that house is a hundred percent haunted, a hundred percent. You know, even if people don't believe in that, like go spend the night there and see how you feel. Um, Have you slept there? We haven't, but we're going to before we leave. Oh. Ooh, we're gonna do like hard. a little get a tent and just mm-hmm. camp inside of there just you know to keep the ghosts out mm-hmm. um but <laughs> I feel like the shrine needs to be respected mm-hmm. it's also like you know six years of people's stuff yeah um so I don't want to just leave it up to fate but also if someone else took it and then destroyed it I mean whatever happens to them happens to them that's not that's true. You, you could just leave saying. a note and be like, "Yeah, don't throw this stuff away, bitches. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we've talked a little bit about the challenges and the great things about going into partnership with friends, going into um, a new chapter in your life when you transition from corporate to being your own boss. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Paying your damn self. Yeah. Um, yeah what kind of uh you know you know you said the next stage is the new place what challenges have you faced minus you know just finding a place though uh you know transitioning i mean from a business perspective i'm sure there's been a lot of like maybe perhaps is there like new things you've had to learn in order to you know go from one place to another yeah so this new place is really set up to be a full service restaurant. Um, right now at Coronado, it's counter service and it's always been counter service. So, you know, you go up to the counter, you order, you pay, you go find your own table. Um, if you want something else or another drink, you go back up, you have to wait sometimes in line, you know, it's the most annoying, but the setup of the restaurant, which I didn't really understand because I didn't come from food. It doesn't, you know, um, support, a full service restaurant, but this new one does. So that's a whole different way of doing everything. You know, it's Mm -hmm. leaving open tickets, 
putting tickets on the table, cashing out at the end of the night, you know, it's a whole different system. So it's a different type of service. Like, I mean, not just a different type of service. I mean, that's kind of obvious in the definition or maybe just to me and people in the industry. It's a different service model. Yeah. The service model is different, but it's like, like you need a, you need actual servers versus like you have food runners, basically. Like like right now they just have people who take orders and then run food out. Yeah. Yep. And people who cook it, but like now you need actual servers taking There's orders a, yeah, and delivering a flow food. Chart and, that you're going to need, uh, and you have to have yeah. hostesses and yep. <laughs> like there's going to just there's just different different types of people. Like I mean, the hope is that all of your current people are going to transition into new roles. Yeah. yeah. So, so then, also my other question would also be, you know, in terms of like division of responsibilities between the four partners. Is your role and maybe John's role more of that business side of managing, coordination, organizing, whereas, you know, Elle is the the one handling like the menu and the food, right? What what does Emily do? So Emily does all of the social media um, for, yeah, Coronado and Dark Hall. Marketing. um, Pictures and stuff. Yep. And she also does all of our community outreach. So all of the fundraisers or anything we do where we're having someone in the space or we're donating, you know, um, proceeds from our dinner special to whichever group that is, she coordinates all of that. Mm -hmm. So she's super plugged into the community and very, um, I mean, she's great at it. Like she does stuff that I would never have the guts to do. Um, but she, yeah, she handles all of that. She also does all of the scheduling, um, for the both places for the schedules. So she's, we all have such specific roles, but the four of us cover everything really well. It really fascinates me. Very weird. (laughs) You have to have each other's backs. I mean, Miley and I are similar. I mean, I can't do the editing of the podcast because I don't have the physical, like Miley takes this with her when she goes, (laughs) but like we back each other up on like a lot of stuff. We're like, Hey, what about this? Like, I know you're working on this. Can you update me on where we're at? Or like, what are we doing with this? Or, Oh, she'll be like, I thought this would be good for social media or Hey, da, 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 da. Like we just ask each other back and forth all the time about things that we need from the other one to do what we need to do. Yeah. Sometimes we gently nudge each other into things we need them to do too. For sure. <laughs> but I would almost think like it is so nice that there's four people mm-hmm. doing stuff so that I can only imagine what it's like for one person to be managing all of this. And yeah. the fact that there's four of you, it makes it even probably even more effective, more efficient. Um, and so like I almost think like sometimes I'm like if I had my own podcast, I don't know if it would ever get off the couch. You know, it's nice <laughs> right. to have a partner to kind of bounce ideas with, mm-hmm. to kind of go through conflict with like, you know, you face something, you have someone to face it with. OK, so I know that Coronado and Dark Hall are like we know their story. And is is it true? Is there another restaurant concept Ooh. coming from Dark Crown? So there is. There's not um, a timeline right now, but Mm -hmm. the same guy, Jason, who was like our incredible angel person who's helping us um, has another property where basically um, there was an old garage behind a church and it's like a brick 200 square foot tiny building. And we were like, that sounds like the perfect spot for us because why not make it super challenging? Um, yeah, right. So that 200 will... square feet, you don't need all that. Yeah. Behind I know. Church, like... That might be hard <laughs> to find. 
Yeah. So it'll be uh, vegan burgers and fries eventually. Mm. Um, we're not to- we're not focusing on that right now just because so many other things are happening, but that's in the works um, and will be coming when it comes. I just feel so, cool. so excited to see all of these beautiful things being born from Dark Crown LLC. Um, I know. I, it's crazy. How do you feel? I know like in the beginning we had talked about, you know, how you felt and how you, you know, when you were working for the insurance company, you were saying like, I know this isn't where I want to, like where I'm meant to be or where I want to end up or what I want to do, but you'll know when you do. And like, how do you feel now when, re- when you reflect back to that time when you're like, I don't know where I'm going, what I'm doing, but I know this isn't it. And now like fast forward to where you are now and all the dreams that have come true as well as will go come true. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, I just feel incredibly grateful. I, I didn't know what my path was and I knew what I was doing wasn't it, but I didn't have something that made sense to me or that was like, this is what you should go for. Um, it was like, I just knew in my soul that that wasn't where I was going to die. You know, I wasn't going to die in the insurance office. Um, but not having a clear direction or no, you know, should I do interior design? Should I go, you know, be a crime scene investigator? I mean, I have no idea. Um, but it's like when the opportunity came, it, it didn't feel scary. And I think that is how I kind of judge, you know, big decisions and things like that. It's like, of course there were nerves, you know, is this going to work? Am I going to, you know, have to crawl back to the insurance office and ask for my job back? You know, um, I don't want to lose my house. I don't want to, you know, not be able to, you know, get food or, you know, whatever all the concerns are, all that stuff went through my head, but at the bottom of it, I wasn't scared. So I think that was how I knew. And it's just like every day I'm incredibly grateful, um, to, you know, wake up at a normal time, not at five in the morning, you know, to get to get ready and do all these things. I can wake up when I want to, I can kind of make my day schedule how I want it to be, do the things I need to do. Um, I have partners that, you know, help me when I need help. And we're on a group text, of course, where we're talking shit all day and, you know, also making plans and things like that. Um, I just know if I would be here. I mean, having no experience in this field and being asked to be part of this and then having it, I don't want to say take off because it's not like we're, you know, the biggest thing in the world, but it, we have so many people who support us mm-hmm. and have supported us through the craziest shit. Like we have a running list of all the crazy shit that's happened <laughs> to us or to our building that has you know, caused us to shut down for a week or whatever it is. And it's just, we read it and we laugh. I mean, John will read it and like cry laugh because if you read this list, you wouldn't believe that it had all happened to one group of people. Um, In a short period of time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy, but it's like, you just, you keep going because this is where you're supposed to be. And I don't know, I think just grateful is the word, you know, to be here and be doing what we want to be doing and be able to give people this experience. Um, I mean, I don't know how you guys feel, but I love going out to eat and like getting a cocktail 
Like that can be the highlight of my week, you know, and obviously now in COVID even more, you know, we would love to all just go out and have things be how they were. Um, but to be able to curate that experience for somebody and make it the best that it can be, you know, we want to have the greatest food. We want to have a great atmosphere. We want to have, you know, amazing music playing, um, just the whole experience of going out to eat and that connection with people and food is, I don't know, it's beyond anything else. So being able to, yeah, food is very emotional. It is, it is. And, you know, like when I think about my childhood, it's every celebration or every morning was around food. So it's like, you know, it's your birthday. We're going to do this. We're going to go out to eat. Um, you're celebrating with your friend, your friends in town, you go out to eat, you know, someone died, you go out to eat or you bring food. Um, so I think just after church, you go out to eat. Oh, all the time. Did you go to the buffet though? (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't even know if I actually got to go out to eat after church. My dad's mom took us to church a little bit as kids, but I wasn't really, uh, yeah, it wasn't something that I held on to for into my, the years where I had a decision to make. That's good. Yeah. We, (laughs) yeah, we grew up in church. So there was lots of that church meals and going to the buffet after Sunday church. One of the things that, you know, that Manny and I have really got like really kind of um, emphasized or maybe cherished with our guests is just getting to know them as Mm -hmm. people too, not just for the purpose of, you know, yeah, our, our topic today was about entrepreneurship and business and things like that, but you are not identified by being a business owner or a restaurant owner or just one of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Just one of those things. And so, um, what, like what's going on or what's the next step for you outside of this? Oh, I don't even know. Personal goals you have. She's got the interior design degree. Do you, are you dabbling in that at all or utilizing or using or thinking about anything like that? So I'm able to do that with every new spot we have. Um, And it's always kind of like, as far as curating just the look of everything. I mean, it'll be like, are these plates okay with, you know, what we're doing for tables and things like that. So the look of everything is definitely, you know, one of my responsibilities to do, which, I mean, I love it. It's so much fun. And, you know, going from opening Coronado with nothing to opening Dark Hall with Coronado's money Mm -hmm. to opening this where, I mean, I think if any normal designer looked at the budget, they'd probably laugh, but to us, it, it's a step, it's growth, you know, and we have some money to put into this place and make it really beautiful and just like a great place to be where I think people will be really comfortable. And of course we have, you know, funny little touches because that's just who we are. Um, so yeah, I mean, I get to do that stuff with each of our spaces, which keeps me creative and, you know, keeps that going for me. I'm also very like, analytical and I'm kind of right in the middle with like right brain and left brain. So a lot of the paperwork stuff and things like that, organizing spreadsheets, all of that stuff. I love that too, which is so nerdy, but I do. Um, so I'm fulfilled in that. And I, there's not a lot outside, I guess, of the business stuff that I'm currently focusing on just because there's not a lot of time for it. Yeah. Um, you did mention that you have animals. Do we you do still have animals. 
Yes. So we have three dogs and we have two cats. Um, we've had, yeah. And that sounds like a lot, but that's not even a lot that we've had. If you can see on this back shelf, all uh -huh. those little boxes are our urns of our oh. pets that have passed away. Oh. So we have all of the, I mean, they're like, you know, there are kids, there are family. So yeah. that's a huge part of it. And also another reason why I'm super grateful is I get to be here with them. And like, we have a senior chihuahua. She usually is sleeping right there, but I get to be here with her most of the time. And it's small things like that, that have really, I don't know, that stuff means a lot to me, you know, yeah. being able to be here, being able to kind of schedule my day, how I want going out in the backyard and just sitting out there and breathing air in the middle of the day, you know, or going to get a coffee, just little things. Um, I don't know. That's been the main, I don't want to say draw. Cause I didn't know that those would be my things. Well, it was very freedom. hard. Yeah. For you yeah. to just be able to, um, enjoy and it's not have to rush through yeah. every day. Yeah. And it's, just, they're just normal everyday things, but it's like to be able to recognize those and be appreciative of them and be like, wow, I can go outside and sit here at 1130 in the morning, you know, um, it's awesome. So as far as other stuff or who I am outside of this, um, I'm definitely introverted. <laughs> I have, you know, my small circle of really close friends and people who, you know, I would fight a bitch for. Mm -hmm. Um, and I love animals. Um, I don't really know. I mean, outside of, I, I feel like so much of the business is a part of me that I'm doing all those things authentically who we are, what we're doing and the things that we say or post about or present ourselves, you know, it's always trying to be honest and trying to be authentic. And so I think really what you see with Coronado or Dark Hall is really who we are. You know, and if you know Dark Hall or if you follow it or Coronado, you, I mean, you know what kind of people we are, um, you know, trying to be involved in community and social justice and mm -hmm. people who stand up for other people and underrepresented groups. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, to have the platform that we have and use that to be able to stand up for people or to be able to speak out about things that we feel need to be spoken out about. Um, you know, there's not a lot of businesses who do that. And we understand why, <laughs> you know, it's not easy and it doesn't um, make everyone love you and you're not palatable to everybody all the time. Um, but for us, it's so important that we do that stuff and that we are speaking out. And the people who have connected with us because of that, I feel like in as much as we feel supported by them, they feel supported by us because we're willing to speak out even when it means, you know, a bunch of people with guns are going to show up and stand outside of our patio and, you know, send the most horrible messages on Instagram or whatever, you know, that's, that's what comes along with it. And that's okay. Because at the end of the day, these people that we're speaking out for know that we have their back. Mm -hmm. um, and because of that, I think we have the most supportive community around us, which it's is really, it really insane. is. It's really a ride or die type yeah. of crowd. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, yeah. I've driven by the Coronado. I've seen the lines around the building down the block. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. It's yeah. great. I mean, it gives me goosebumps like right now talking about it. It's just, it's crazy. I mean, we are all very humbled to even be in this position and so excited for, you know, the opportunities we've been given and just this gift of this. It's like a, like these babies, you know, like I said, with dark hall, it's our baby and the Coronado too. I mean, they are these humans that I feel like are part of our relationships that we also have to take care of and nurture. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, it's, it's just a crazy life. <laughs> I love it though. But if it's you and you guys are doing such a great job at it. Amazing. And I Thank mean, you. I just, it's really fun to see the, what you do in the downtown spaces and the things you do stand up for and talk out about in the crowds that gather around you and for you. Um, yeah. is really inspiring and it's really fun to see and it's part of what I adore about the Coronado and your social media and I chat with Emily all the time on your social and I mean I chat with you on your social yeah. <laughs> and like I can't get enough of you guys I think you're hilarious and like I mean you've seen what happens to bad reviews or quote great reviews I don't know whatever <laughs> they get put on t-shirts so if you're gonna yep. shit on the Coronado guess what they might just put you on blast for it and like yep. I think that's fantastic it's like <laughs> Not everybody loves us and that's fine. Yeah, it's totally okay. I get it. You know, a lot of the stuff um, at the beginning made me nervous too. I'm not a super like confrontational outspoken person. So a lot of it was uncomfortable, but doing it and seeing the impact that it has for marginalized people um, and groups is like, you can't just be quiet. Mm -hmm. You just can't, you know? And I think- I personally, I don't know how any of them feel, but I hope the other restaurants, local restaurants see that and see that it's okay to speak up and it's okay to let people know who you are, mm -hmm. you know, and you're going to find your group of supporters that way, because if people don't like who you are, or what you're speaking up about, they can go down the street and that's totally cool. Mm -hmm. But the more of us that speak out and, you know, aren't afraid to say, no, this isn't okay then the more normal it becomes instead of people being so shocked by it. Mm -hmm. Even sure. individuals, if you're, you have to tell people who you are in order to find your community. Absolutely. And that's a great message. So you're in the restaurant business and this is probably like such a weird question or not a weird question, but maybe like the most difficult question ever. What is your favorite food? <sighs> like food at the Coronado or just food in any food you can think of from like travels or, I mean, you can pick the Coronado if your favorite food's at the Coronado, or you can pick food from travels or locally or whatever you want. Like if you're like last meal on earth. Oh, I'm so boring. Feel free to pick um, like an appetizer uh, and two entrees if you need to. I mean, oh, okay. <laughs> we're doing the whole thing. I mean, dessert is my favorite. So that would always be anything chocolate for sure. I don't think fruit is a dessert. Thank you. So Thank if, you. if you get like a fruit, something like a, I don't know. Sorbet. Oh, why? That's not dessert. <laughs> That's not dessert. Nothing makes me matter when they're like, we have sorbet. I'm like, get the fuck. Let's go. Yeah. Honey, we're leaving. <laughs> no, no, that's not dessert. Um, so it has to be chocolate or something like that. Um, have you guys been to Kindred in San Diego? Mm-hmm. Okay. So they're 
for you, Miley. They're a vegan restaurant in San Diego that is like mind blowing as far as atmosphere, cocktails, and then it's more like bar food. And I don't know if I got like mind fucked by the atmosphere because it is bar food. It's great, but it's bar food. But that whole experience, like if I was dying, that is where I would go. Yeah. That's a good one. It's fair. I like it. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Thank so you for having me, you guys. It was so fun. Hang out with you. Such a joy. Really fun to get to know you and hear more about the project. Yes. Yes. We will have to hang out and get food and practice being petty. And put my eyeliner on Miley. Oh, yeah. It's going to happen. I'm so excited. I'm now thinking like makeup, cocktails, and karaoke. Okay. <laughs> okay. But I'm not Let's singing because no one wants oh, to I'm hear not. that. I'm not either, but she can and we'll drink. We can sing all together. It's a group thing. We'll it's just drink effort. and watch. I'm really good at the drinking part. I'm so good at watching and drinking. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much, Liz, for being with us. Would you like to share any of your social media handles with our listeners if they want to get more information or uh, touch base with you or the Coronado or the Dark Dark Hall Coffee? Hall. Yeah, I was going to say Dark Crown yeah. Hall and I Dark realized, Crown. nope. Yeah, dark yes. all coffee. So the Instagram for Coronado is the Coronado PHX and Coronado is C-O-R-O-N-A-D-O. Um, dark Hall is just Dark Hall Coffee. Um, and then the websites are coronadophx.com, I believe, and darkhallcoffee.com. So same names. Excellent. And we will link all of those in the show notes for this episode. We thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for sharing your not so witchy vibes with us today. (laughs) I don't know. I felt a little bit. (laughs) Was that sarcastic? If it was witchy, it's more along the Eagles song, Witchy Woman. Like it's more like powerful Mm -hmm. boss lady Mm -hmm. kind of, yeah, thing for me, which it's like top three Eagles song for me. Anyways. So good. Don't get me started on the Eagles. Um, (laughs) Thank you, guys. Take care. Bye. That was super fun. I really really enjoyed getting to know her. Yes. And getting to know the the two businesses. I've never been, but now I want to go and check it out. But I have brought you takeout from the Coronado. Yeah. What did you bring me? We had fried guacamole and what else do we have from there? It wasn't a quesadilla. Definitely fried guacamole. I remember bringing before we recorded one day, and something oh. else. What else did we have from there? I bought a. I stopped and I bought a bunch of things one day, and I just brought them home. Well, you've never brought anything that I didn't love, so. So you must have enjoyed it. I'm pretty sure I enjoyed it. That's a that's a winning review. Put oh. that on a T-shirt, Coronado. <laughs> I've never had anything I didn't love. <laughs> I don't know. That's not as good as witch coven. <laughs> Possible witch coven. Just no. <laughs> so great i love it but it was really great getting to know liz too i really enjoyed like hearing her story and uh, i think what resonated the most with me is just like every step along the way she was always listening to her her oh yeah i forgot to mention that because i was really impressed by her intuition yeah like i really that's really that's really what resonated the most with me like she was just always in tune with what she needed or what didn't feel right and she wasn't scared to share that with the people around her or like you know like you know she shared with her boss years before she even ever left she was like this isn't the place i'm going to end up but I, a lot know, of her I'll... story over overlaps or sort of like parallels what i've been going through the last couple years 
Mm. Like our boss knows it's not mm-hmm. my forever. Yeah. I don't know that I'm opening up a what you call not it's not cafeteria style. What's it called? The style of restaurant? Bed and breakfast? Um, no. <laughs> the style of restaurant. I'm not opening up a restaurant at all. Um, but yeah, counter it's service? counter service. Oh, Thank you. I was like, I'm yes. not sure what you're talking about. I'm, I couldn't think of it. But then um, I figured it out. You did. You're so smart. No, I just keep saying you have stuff a memory. until I hope. I you have a memory me. better than mine. <laughs> but yeah, it's just fun listening to her talk about her intuition and how th- she knew that it would happen when it happened. And she, she saw the, the opportunity. Like she kept her eyes open. And then when something presented, she was like, oh, there it is. Now it's time to go. I also liked how she said when the, the opportunity presented itself, she didn't feel scared. Like she felt calm about it. Right. And it made me think about some of the bigger decisions I've had to make in my life. I, I always remember feeling like I fell, felt like it was home. Like when I when mm-hmm. I interviewed at multiple dental schools, when I picked the dental school, when I ended up you at the dental what? school that I, I interviewed at multiple <laughs> dental school. When I got to ASDO, I remember I like feel that feeling offended. I had when I stepped on campus and I was like, this feels like home. Like this feels right. Like this is where I belong. And so that's what reminded me when she said the whole like, she knew it was the right thing to do because it just felt calm and she wasn't scared. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, that resonated with me too. So I really enjoyed this this. Uh, conversation with her and i'm really thankful that our listeners got to come along for the journey yeah i'm uh, i've met liz through other people in the vegan community a long time ago and we've just been sort of like you know what's like acquaintances i guess on social media and obviously i know her businesses but like uh i was really excited to talk to her and i'm i'm thrilled for people to hear this interview sweet beans yep and all the swear words fuck yeah <laughs> People, don't forget to uh, like, share, follow, subscribe to this podcast. Please leave us a review if your fingers have a moment or two and give us some stars on the old Apple podcast. We love and appreciate and are so, so grateful for all who have and all who do in the future. Please follow us on the Instagram at The Main Dish Podcast, on Twitter at The Main Dish Pod, and on Facebook at The Main Dish Pod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to I was going to drop something silly like if you follow me, I don't know. I might just like, uh, you know, you never know what fun little surprises might happen on there. I was going to say something dirty, but then I was like, I better not. Oh, that did sound a little dirty, though. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm not well, sorry. We will talk with you soon and, uh, and talk with you next week. Love you.